When I was growing up, I used to uh, like to spend time in the kitchen where my grandmother and my mother would cook on a regular basis. And one of the things my grandmother used to say is, stick a fork in it, it's done. You ever heard that? Stick a fork in it, it's done. Sometimes we even say it about ourselves. Stick a fork in me, I am done. I asked my grandmother one time what that meant. Well, there was a time period when you were cooking meat when you didn't have temperature gauges and it was hard to tell when things were done. So you would take a fork and you would stick in it and if blood ran, you knew that it was not quite done yet in my house. Sometimes that meant done in other houses, but not in mine. And as the, the meat cooked, you would stick a fork in it and you would know when it was done. That's not how we use the phrase today, stick a fork in it, I'm done. Stick a fork in me, I'm done. Typically means I'm what? I've had it. I'm done. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm at the end of my rope, right? Stick a fork in me, I'm done. Sometimes we feel that way in our lives because of the work lives that we have. They're so hectic now. I remember that when I was growing up, my mother would go to school and she would come home at the end of the day and she would continue to work. She was a school teacher. She would work into the evening, grading papers and writing lesson plans. And I would look at her and say, Mom, school's over. Why are you still working? Well, I'm the teacher. I have to get prepared. During the summer months, I thought she was off. She really wasn't. She was writing lesson plans and creating new designs for the classroom, and she was packing up and unpacking things, and she was buying new supplies, and she was going to teacher training events. I think even in the good old days when we thought people worked nine to five, they really weren't just working nine to five. We've always been a culture that's sort of about being busy, right? We pride ourselves when we're busy. We brag about being busy. We brag about being tired. When I first started in the ministry, I went to a workshop for ministers, and one of the pastors at our table said, I haven't taken a day off in 17 years. And others around the room were going, wow, that's impressive. And I looked at him and I said, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're an idiot. Why would you not take your days off? You have to rest from the weariness of life that's around us. There is so much going around us on such a constant basis that one of the things that we have to do is do self-preservation and self-care. What's happening in this particular text is Jesus, in an earlier piece of chapter 6 in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus has sent out the disciples two by two to go and do the ministry work, right? To go and heal and to teach and to, to lead folks into faithful discipleship. He sent them out on their errands and they have come back. He has sent them out in their work and they have returned. And they are telling him all the things that they have done. All the people that they have healed, all of the work that they have accomplished. And Jesus says, wow, stick a fork in us. We're done. We need to go rest for a little while. And he intends to take them to a quiet, secluded spot so that they can rest, rejuvenate. But somebody recognizes them. They know who they are. 
Jesus is not this unknown quantity and neither are the, the disciples anymore. Folks knew who they were and as they head across the lake, what happens? As they head across the sea, what happens? People who have recognized him says, oh, let's go catch him on the other side. And they start gathering all of the sick and the weary and bring them to him to be healed. He wants to get away from it all, but every time he turns around, there are people being brought to him. He wanted to take his disciples into a secluded place so that they might rest. But folks are following them. Following them and anticipating where they're going to be next and showing up. We've all had those moments where we felt like we couldn't get away from the rush and the hubbub, away from the things that are going on around us, away from all the busyness. Just a few minutes ago, I was sitting on this pew, sitting next to David, and my phone made a noise. And I thought, whoops, I forgot to turn it off. I forgot to turn it down. It follows me everywhere I go. We've become those people that constantly have something in our hand. This is our mode of operation now. We walk into things, into people. We miss things that are going on around us because we are so obsessed with the busyness of our lives and all of the responsibilities and the things and the post and the pictures of someone's breakfast that we might miss if we look away for just a moment. We think about all the things that are happening around us and sometimes it feels like it is crushing us. It is crashing down upon us and we wonder, how can we get away? So we plan a trip with our family. We go away for the week or for the weekend. We go to the beach or we go to the mountains or we go to the city, whatever it is that takes you away. And we take our laptops and our cell phones with us. And folks can still reach us. We have become on call 24-7 to those around us. In our work lives and in our private lives. We rarely take time out just to rest. Yesterday evening I posted on my Facebook page because I was at home and had nothing better to do. That my Fitbit was a little mad at me yesterday. Because I took the day off. I didn't really go anywhere, we didn't do much, we washed the sheets, we cooked a little, we just messed around the house. I better say, Cindy went to buy groceries, I did not leave the house, Cindy did. It was a lazy day, and I did not for a second feel guilty about it. But I got three messages from friends saying, well, I guess you're special. (laughs) You got to take the whole day off and do nothing. And I typed back, you can too. Jesus knew the necessity for getting away and resting. There is a weariness, I think, in our culture right now. And it's not just work-related, folks. It's also about the news cycle. It's about the fact that we are repeatedly inundated with the injustices of our world, and we almost become so weary that we don't hear the names anymore. Eric Garner, Tamir Rice, Sandra Bland... The Chattanooga gun shooting, 
the Charleston Nine, Aurora, Sandy Hook. We can go on and on. The Tuck Creek Massacre. We can talk about things both in this country and outside of it. There are instances all around us where folks are weary. I have friends who do a lot of social advocacy stuff, some activism. And I'm telling you right now, they are exhausted. They're exhausted from the work around gun violence. They're exhausted around the, gu- uh, the issues of racial inequality. They're exhausted in dealing with the things about gender inequality. They are exhausted fighting the battles about same-sex ma- uh, marriage and about the, uh, the inequality for folks of different gender identities. They are exhausted fighting constantly to be heard and lifted up. We get exhausted for a number of different things, whether it's our family, our work, the injustices in our world around us, and all we want is to take time away. But here's an interesting twist that a friend of mine was talking about this week in this gospel text. He said one of the things he finds so intriguing about this text is that Jesus didn't send folks away. Jesus knew they needed rest. But Jesus didn't send people away. Jesus allowed folks to come and take energy away from him. In this text, it even says that some folks, all they wanted to do was touch the hem of his cloak, which is very reminiscent of a text we heard several weeks ago, the woman with the hemorrhage, that all she wanted to do was touch his cloak and knew that she would be healed. Jesus allows and welcomes the interruption into his life so that folks can be healed and made whole. Sometimes I think it is the very weariness that we enter into that allows us to feel Jesus at the most depth, to allow Jesus into our lives in the most personal and profound way. It is sometimes in those lowest moments that we find Jesus the closest to us. It is in those deepest moments that we are open to the opportunities of Jesus entering in. Even when we feel like we are done, Jesus is not done. Even when the disciples are at their lowest moment, Jesus does not stop and refuse anyone his aid. Even in those moments when we think, stick a fork in me, I'm done, Jesus is not done with us yet. It is during these moments when Jesus is most powerful, I think, when we are the most open and receptive to the possibilities. But not everyone enters into those weary moments and says, Jesus, come and heal me. Jesus, come and fill me up. There are times when we're in those depths when we don't want anything to do with Jesus. We're not running around the uh, lake trying to find him. We're running away trying to say, I'll fix myself. I'll put a Band-Aid on it. I'll get a little antiseptic cream and everything will be all right. But it is in those moments when we need to open up our lives and say, God, I need the healing touch of Jesus in this moment. It is in those moments of weariness and exhaustion and absolute fear that Jesus can be the most profound in our lives. But remember, Jesus didn't say to his disciples, keep right on going at the pace you're going. Keep right on going. Keep, yep, let's go right back out. Jesus said, take a minute, let's pause, let's rest. 
And he took over the healing in those moments. It feels like as we hear that text, Jesus is still saying to his disciples, rest, I'll take it from here. That's hard to do. To take that rest and allow Jesus to take it from here. But I think there's a word in this text that we all need to hear, and that is a dual word. One, that God affirms through the life and teachings of Jesus that we all need time away. That we all need to take a break and allow ourselves, our body, our minds, our spirits to be refreshed and renewed. But the other message in this text is that Jesus never moves away from us. Even as Jesus is exhausted himself, he does not exhaust himself to the point that he cannot pour out his spirit on us and help us through those tough times. It's an amazing reality that God is with us both in the valleys and on the mountaintops. Sometimes we celebrate the most when we're up on the mountaintops. It feels great to be up on the mountaintop. But the valleys, those exhausted moments, those times when we just simply want to say, stick a fork in me, I'm done. Jesus says, not yet. I am here with you. In Jesus, through the power of his spirit, through the power of his holy being, through the power of his cloak. If we could just stay close enough and touch it, yes. We are healed and made new. There is a strength in us that we often do not tap into, and that is the strength of the Holy Spirit living and pulsing through us. A God that has given us life also wishes us to honor that life by resting, recuperating, learning, being all that we're called to be, but also knowing our limits and living within them. Today, we're a busy people. Hopefully we're not too busy to pause, to smile at little kids, to look at the flowers, to take a nap on a Sunday afternoon, to go away to a quiet place and just rest and think, to read a good book, to go out to dinner or picnic with our family and just rest for a little while. And then get back to work, but making sure that we understand the limits that are within us. And understanding that the limits that we have are not reflective of who Jesus is. Jesus knew his disciples needed a rest, but Jesus took on the task of healing and refreshing and renewing those around him. May you this day and always feel the power of God in the midst of you. May you feel the power of the Holy Spirit enlivening and refreshing and renewing you. And may you follow the example of Jesus Christ knowing when you're done and knowing that he never is. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.